Okay, good evening. So, last thing we talked about the uh, Yom Kippur War, which was a radically uh, different type of war than the Six Day War. Uh, in the Yom Kippur War, number one is that they were caught by surprise. Uh, they had no time to uh, spiritually prepare. Although they were preparing for, for Yom Kippur, there was not, no one was thinking war was coming. Uh, nor was the army prepared. They were in existential threat from the beginning of the war. The first few days of the war were really, really dangerous. Of course, the war would would, would end um, the 20-day war, approximately. Uh, at the end of the war, they, you know, the, everything had reversed. The third Egyptian army was uh, was surrounded, and Israeli troops actually had not only reconquered the Golan uh, and the Hermon at the end of the war, which was a big battle. I think we'll discuss that. But they also were into Syrian territory within 40 kilometers of Damascus. Uh, at that point, of course, we know the history that the Russians really ended the war and threatened to, get, to literally put troops into the Middle East and cause World War III. And Kissinger used that to end the war, and the war would end, be forcibly ended by uh, threats of Russian intervention and uh, American uh, demands. So... But in the beginning of the war, they, they, they were devastated, traumatized, and the war would traumatize Israel for some time afterwards. That there were mass uh, amounts of losses and casualties. Not only were there mass amounts of losses and casualties, um, but uh, besides that, uh, there, there was a, a real feeling of we almost lost all of our lives, period. And the the... the where Fulano was started out saying is that you know sometimes you can he- hear a message even and miss the message. Um, the war and he he was speaking during the war tor- towards the end, but during the war um, about hearing God's message, realizing that we're obligated to do something. And he started off with this famous medrash, beginning of Shmos, with Moshe Rabbeinu that uh, Moshe had taken the stick at Har Sinai. Hashem, he asked Hashem, how, do you, how, will, how will I know they'll, they'll listen to me? They won't listen to me. He said, throw your stick down and turn to a stake. Moshe runs away, but at the end Moshe grabs a stick uh, and uh, turns back into a stake. And remarkably, this Roman lady, matron, says to Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, the great student of Mekiva, you see from this story that my God, the snake is greater than yours because Moshe did not have to run away from this uh, the, the the burning bush, but he did run away from the snake. Um, and as mentioned, he could have just said to her, the difference is that God is everywhere, and he could run away from the snake because all this is a created thing. He didn't do that because she wouldn't hear that, but what he did tell her is uh, is that the, the, the difference uh, uh, between the two um, I'm sorry, his language um, uh, yeah, you could he could have said to me. He could have said that. Sorry, he said to her that you, he, he was able to run away from the stakes. You see, that's even better. But he could have told her that look what happened to the stick, and then turned back to the stick. It's obvious, no God. But he didn't do that because she wouldn't hear it. It would. It would she couldn't hear something that would literally be a, a, a checkmate on her right away. But what Ray Freelander brings is a remarkable thing. You could actually have an open miracle and miss the boat. And why would you miss the boat? Cognitive dissonance. Uh, cognitive dissonance. Um, even when you think, even when we imagine that we're working on ourselves and we're improving, 
uh, cognitive distance is really, really, a, 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 you know, a, a challenge. I, I mention this, and I see this, it applies to all kinds of people and, and all types of or Jews. Uh, but, and I see all, especially with Baal and I mean this interestingly, because, you know, Orthodox Jews, FFB as they call them, from, from birth. So, to get them to grow out of the box, they, there's a box in Orthodoxy, which is growth-oriented. Uh, inherently, you, you work on your davening, you work on your learning, you work, if you're a lady on your tzniyas, hopefully on a man on a tzniyas to an extent. The things you work on inherently, every yeshiva, every base yakov, but it's really like, it's, I wouldn't call it box, and then certainly not everyone does it, and it's certainly the purpose of life, but it is, it, you still are in a, in a framework where when you become a bal tshuva, uh, you know, which is inspiring, and a person really changes their life, uh, I mean, you've changed everything. I mean, see, you know, if you're, grow up a yeshiva bachar, so you improve yourself. And you're improving yourself in a, in a framework, which by the time you were a little kid, you were taught, and it's a true framework, about Torah and Mitzvahs. And that's the framework you're going to work in. So the, the change is much more organic. Bali Tshuva, and there's obviously different types of Bali Tshuva, so, you know, some come from completely, uh, I'm going to talk politically, liberal lifestyle, and politically usually, but, but I'm talking about the lifestyle. Literally liberal, actually. I, there's Nebuch, a Jewish guy who lives near me. I'm not sure if he's a... He, he's very friendly, but if, he will never talk religion with me. He's married to this... The waspiest, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl you can ever imagine. And, um... I mean... So, so guyish looking. And I just... I literally, as I was coming right now to my shear, they're walking on the, on the street, and neither of them wearing shoes. And they were like a, a rainbow... A rainbow, uh... A rainbow blanket on top of them. They're like covering the rainbow blanket. They're like, hi! You know, they're saying hello to me. And they're wearing this rainbow. Like, they look like straight out of Woodstock. Uh, and, you know, like, if they, when the, he, he's unfortunately into has even kids. But when someone like that far away uh, becomes religious, it's different than, a, let's say, a Sephardi in Israel becoming religious who grew up with Emuna. He just wasn't Shomer Shabbos. But like, or even, uh, it was even different than uh, somebody who went to it. any reform or conservative. So this guy has nothing, zero zilch. Um, and his lifestyle is so radically different. So for him to become religious, and we've all know people who have like that, you're talking about literally changing night and day your life. It's, it's, it's not an organic process. It's literally, you change night and day. And you know what? I still find that I'm always amazed. I'm amazed by it. Is that even in that organic process, or non-organic process where you're growing, you will find these amazing tzaddikim and tzadkaniyoses, righteous people, still have blocks where they can't be honest with themselves. Sometimes it's their view, life views on certain issues. Um, I mentioned what they think, you know, what the world can even use as marriage. It's, it's shocking to me. Anyone with a drop of Torah could even think it's even a drop okay. I don't care what political party you are. Um, but creating the viewpoints are there are parts of people's lives now that they don't want to give up. I'm not talking about like hobbies. Hobbies you should sometimes, unfortunately, bali tshuva and or religious people think that you have to kill yourself to become religious. Which means I say kill yourself, like kill some of your uh, uniqueness, and that's unfortunate. That's actually an extreme which does occur and which should not occur. We're not talking about halachas bali tshuva or halachas growth because the yeshiva bacharim who do it also like they have certain. Uh, natural outlets or talents that they should be using, and they 
squash it sometimes because they're interested in becoming very religious. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like core midos hashkafas that people just do not want to give up on. Even people growing because it demands a change. And the reason is this cognitive dissonance. And so what Ray Freelander points out is you can look to grow even. You could be, it's in the middle of war and people are looking, how am I going to change? But you may not if you're not brutally honest. Brutally honest. And it's going back to the war. And he says, for sure, the ways of Hashem is way above what you and I uh, know and think. Right? So we're going to sit there and know what, why this war happened. Um, with a little understanding that perhaps we can learn from it. We should delve into uh, we should get the right lessons. We should, we should learn the right lessons from this war. And not just to see it's not just what's easy, what's, what comes you know, easy to see. And to um, just take out, oh, this, of course, this is why this happened, the bottom line. He says in the previous war, 1967, uh, actually this Friday is in Jerusalem, the 53rd anniversary of the Jerusalem. So in 1967, when that war happened, we had Yeshua's Atsumas, really unbelievable victories. And the miracles were apparent to all. Right? It was really an obligation to see how Hashem dealt with the world. Uh, to know that everything comes from Hashem. Really, it was so overwhelming. Now, now again, you know, I talk about cognitive dissonance. I, someone's hocking me into China today, you know. The Zionism, pro, this, this level. It's like, every everyone wants the world to be in Israel, and people's viewpoints of Israel are to be like in everyone's eyes. So, you know, we talk about it. Um, there's a, not here, but in certain circles, it's a very heightened sense of, you can't speak bad, or good, or this. You know, the fact is, is that, um, certainly in 1967, the vast majority of people, and I mentioned yesterday, Latoya, there's of course a, a, a nice amount of people, a small minority, that the, that's what it was at the time of Bali Chuva, that they came from the Six-Day War, and it really started the Bali Chuva movement. But on a whole, the majority did not walk out of the Six-Day War, uh, with the feeling that Hashem runs the world. He says, on the contrary, it was just the opposite. The IDF, the army, became this god. This, this Avodazara really did it. It doesn't mean we shouldn't appreciate the army. It doesn't mean that, that people give up their lives and it's a tremendous mysterious nefesh. It's all true. Of course it's true. Uh, but the, the army became this emblem of human strength, the strength of Israel. In fact, there was a pamphlet, I think, that came out a few weeks later. This, this is the pamphlet. We did it. I don't think he's not going to bring it up. We did it. Not Baruch Hashem, or Be'ezus Hashem, or, that, uh, you know, 
what Hashem, the miracles Hashem did for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel, nothing like that. We did it. I D F with a picture of the IDF. We did it. Now that's Kaikhivyatsi Madhu. His Gabruha Gaiva Liftayach, and people thought the Israeli army was invincible. Like sometimes when I was when I was younger, I'm not sure if they still have this, they had they had these baseball cards or basketball cards or you know, people they looked up. Uh, somebody uh, just sent me, you know, like a uh, thing about the World War Two. So like you have these generals and these great army, look what we have accomplished. Um, and the people put their faith in the army and the wisdom of its leaders. Hamidian Parkel and all of these people again. He said, in general, people were not believers in in in, in ha, Hashem, Hen, uh, and you know they were still not believers in Hashem. They were, of course, religious soldiers, and today, of course, that's even much more than it was fifty-three years ago, much, much more. Uh, but the fact is, they did it, and and even for the religious, um, while there was certainly an, much more, it wasn't this overwhelming. Uh, reality of it. Now, you can say we have the Kosal, we appreciated that, that's true, and Kabarachal, we appreciate that, uh, that's true. And I think that certainly the, the religious population did appreciate the benefits of war. They appreciated the spoils of war. But we're talking about, like, was there a Mamish, a Tshuva movement? Was there a feeling of Hashem gave us miracles? And of course, that Tzadikim, the Gedalim all knew this. But for the, and the masses, it didn't, he say, come, come down. Even the masses were like talking about the military victories and how things went and, went and the, how the things were conquered and the picture. Even religious Jews, it certainly was like the case. He says, but now, and he says, the truth is right now, this is, you know, as the, this is during the war, the, towards the end, but during the war. Um, um, now, by the way, they would, they would be out. The, the, war, would, the fighting of the war would go, you know, and I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it passing last night, would be about 20 days, but they, 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 were, they didn't abandon their posts for months. They were still there at Hanukkah time. The, in the Sinai, surrounding Egyptian Torah, until every, even though they signed, they forced the war to end, they were surrounding these armies. It was like all kinds of exchanges. They, they were gone for many, many weeks afterwards. Um, but, he says, so this is during the war though, that both our enemies and friends say that how in the world did Israel get so stunned and shocked, completely stunned and completely shocked by the Yom Kippur War and dangerously wrong. Um, it says, we, we had so, we're overly reliant on our own strength and our own wisdom I could evolve that we were so blind. And by the way, again, I spoke about it. there's a whole chapter in Charles de Higgs, Smarter, Faster, or Smarter, Better, Faster, Smarter, Faster, Better, one of the two. I forgot the name of the book. It's Smarter, Better, Faster, or Smarter, Faster, Better. Uh, he also wrote a very good book called The Power of Habit. In that, I think, I believe it's chapter four, which I used a couple years ago on Yom Kippur. Uh, he talks about something called cognitive tunneling, that you become so ingrained in one idea that you cannot see anything else. Um, and they had these generals had kind of, there's no way Egypt would attack us. No way. Even as they massed hundreds of thousands of troops on the border, they did not call up the reserves because 
I, I think it was Giora, one of the, you know, Elazar was the defensiveness of the Chazer, uh, Yom Kippur War, but they, 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 they were convinced that as long as their, their, their air force was not completely replenished, they would never attack Israel. And they were so wrong, because it, it, the war starts with tanks, uh, and crossing on the Syrian front and the, and the Egyptian wrong. And they were positive that they didn't have enough of an air force to attack. And so they had a few hundreds of troops on the border and they, versus hundreds of thousands. I mean, you got to be out of your mind. Who Anyone watches. What are you doing? Um, and they, only had, they, they actually took back some of the troops because they had Yom Kippur break. They, they, they let them have the break. Uh, so when they got attacked, the Egyptians just waltzed across uh, into Sinai with nothing. They crossed the canal with no opposition uh, and, and actually captured hundreds of soldiers. And we do know that they broke the Geneva Protocols, they abused soldiers, both the Syrians and the Egyptians. Uh, you know, that's just as far as the history of the war. But how did this happen? It happened because of Gaiva. They were so convinced in their own wisdom, their own knowledge. Um... And became blind. Now after the Maisa, now it's clear to the whole public. It says, you know, you know, as the words to, you know, a couple weeks in, Zman Rav We now know that the Egyptians and the Syrians, Syrians were making all kinds of pressure, specific preparations. Vesimino, and their idea was Lahashvis Amitol to destroy. Israel. And here he could actually say that Hashem who runs all of this world. Why did he let this happen? To, to destroy as Allah, the, the foreign god, as of this is the strength of my hand, that we did it. And to break down this arrogance. Uh, we thought we have the notification. We'll know exactly if they're going to attack. You know, and that's how these people talk. Well, yeah, they're not attacking. You know, the day before the war, on Erev Yom Kippur, the intelligence said there's no way there's any war. Day before, crazy. We know we have been. They, they had, they, in fact, they shot down people who were saying concerned. Um, they were so confused. Pierce also now these no these people who know did, were, were were who knew um, were you know were considered scaremongers etc. And they knew better. And he says anyone who had open eyes could have seen what was about to happen. You had hundreds of thousands of troops on the borders, right? In, intelligence information, passing plans between the Syrians and They had that, Aaron Kipper, and they still refused to believe that they were going to be attacked. Meshiv Chachamim Vedaita Misachar. It's really the Pasuk. It's a very important Pasuk in uh, Yeshaya. It's 
So, do we have a Zara? Do I even have the place? Yeah. So he says. Oh, so it's all, you know that Meishiv Chachamim Achor Veidaita Misachel, right? Meishiv who makes uh, wise and retreat and makes their knowledge foolish. Now this is not talking about people who are inherently fools. You know, there's, there are world leaders today that you think they're bumbling or potential world leaders today that are bumbling fools. I mean, it, at the end of the day, that no, these are smart people, intelligent. Uh, you know, went to top universities, have top degrees, have experience. Even these people, Hashem, can make fools. This, this, is, this is so important. What we're really saying is false. They're talking to Shiva, right? They're talking to Bnei to When you believe in yourself, now what does that mean? If Hashem gives you a skill, you should use it. If you have a talent, you know, I just mentioned, um, you know, speaking to a bunch of writers, most of them will be much better writers than I am, but I'm going to hopefully encourage them because they're novelists. I, I can never write a novel. These people can write amazing novels. Like, use your, if you have that talent, you can write op-eds. You could, you could write letters to the editor. You could be impactful. It doesn't, you have to do it all the time, but you should be using these talents. Letoiv, right? Um, if you have a talent, of course you should use it. If Hashem gives you an IQ, of course you should, but it's from Hashem. Now, no one's born with their IQ. You know, if a guy's seven foot four and he's a good basketball player, Hashem made him seven foot four and he made him able to jump. Uh, and, and he gave him the opportunities to meet the basketball coaches. It's all half of Makarish Baruch But the minute we believe only in our intelligence, in our seichel, in our prowess, in our strength, um, we endanger ourselves. Uh, so the person should never believe in their own abilities. It means, of course, if you have talents, to use them. But everything, yeah, there's everything in life is as with Hashem. With Hashem's help, with Hashem's help, only with Hashem's help could a person be uh, successful. It's a pasuk in, in Mishlei. Patach al Hashem b'chol libecha. Have faith, put your trust in Hashem with all of your heart. Be al to shine, and don't rely on your intelligence. It means does that mean shut your brain? No. It means that there's human error. It means that we need siyat deshmaya in whatever we do in this world. Upirish Rabbeinu Yonah Rabbeinu elucidates that pasuk in Mishlei. B'tachal Hashem b'chol yibecha. Rely on Hashem with all of your heart. Shetiftach bo be'emes. Put all of your trust truthfully in Hashem. Uvalei l'avshal with a whole heart. V'lo yikonas b'betchoyna safek. Don't have any doubts. And put all of your faith in Hashem. And Hashem will lead me. Hashem will put me in the right place. That I'll do my part. I will do everything in my way. It makes sense. And after that, Hashem will give me give me rough. People think they're so smart, so intelligent. Um, you know, I've said this by dating. I've seen disasters because. You know, people think they know best um, their career choices, and I'm I'm telling you, as um, as a rabbi who gives counsel, who, who I'm certainly fallible. There's no such thing as rabbinic infallibility. Uh, we all can make mistakes, um, but you know, sometimes it's just like blatant that this person is going to be really hurting themselves, and 
you can't choose for people. I learned that a long time ago. You can give advice, but you cannot choose for people, you know. Uh, so, and you think it's like, why can't this person see this? It's like so obvious. And very often it's that they just, they're right. And, and uh, you know, they are right. And not, it's not that they are right, that they know the situation, but that certainly sometimes people don't do. But they're right, and they believe that they're right, and it's not that they're looking to Hashem or to anyone else. They know best. And anyone who does that, um, you know, and it's not with Hashem, is, you know, is, is, is a tremendous, tremendous danger. And in particular, uh, when you have wealth and power. When you have wealth and power, like you think, I went to this university, I made this very move, I did this! I could have such a strong army. I did this. The Adam calls. This is a person, a simpleton, a simple person. You know, a person doesn't have money, a person doesn't have power. Oh, everything is in Hashem. It's very easy to say. But Adam in a pulpit, no masik, but koicha atzim uma. The person doesn't, you know, doesn't think it's them. But when you have it, your seichel, right? When the Israeli army bombs the Egyptian air force on day one of the Six Day War, and all the talk is how brilliant that move was. How they, they went below radar. They went below radar. Uh, by the way, on, when, you know, they, you know like when they bombed Iran uh, in 1981, uh, one of the people who were, saw them go below, below radar, they saw the Israeli planes before the Iran, the, uh, I mean, excuse me, the Iraq, uh, Asrak, Iraq in 1981, when they bombed the nuclear facilities, King Hussein was on his yacht. And he saw planes fly low. And he, and he realized what must be happening. And he warned them that no one believed him. But actually Hussein gave a warning that some, he saw planes with his, with all of him in it. Right? You don't think there are plane, the, the, the Israeli planes flying low could have been caught by others? You know, the Egyptians, there's a million things that happened that day. But no, we can say, we had such a great move. Right? Such a great move. We did, it was such a decoy, right? You know, when we went, to, we sent the Mossad and we put a fake thing, we had a computer program. Right? Again, this is human nature. Human nature. Um, when, you are, when you are successful, when you are powerful, when you make great moves, if your name is Steve Jobs, uh, you know, and you, you invent the, the iPhone. And it's not like Al Gore who claimed to invent the cell phone. Right? I don't know what the world he was thinking of. But, you know, but he can claim all he wants. Steve Jobs built Apple. Right? I built Apple. I, I built Apple. When you feel like you did that, uh, it's very hard to see that, no, everything that you accomplish is only because of Shabbat. It's much more challenging to have that when you have that. Look how smart I am. Um, and you can rely on your, on your brains. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to I'm sharing, I'm telling you, I've always learned this with children. Like there, there is no roadmap with raising children. There just is no road. There are a few principles you have to use, but every child is different. Every child is unique. Um, there are so many factors for every human being. But when you're a parent looking at a child, you know who they meet, their teachers, their school, their their their, their physiological reality, their physical reality, their their role in the family. There's like so, and I, and I'm saying I'm the only person I do this with this all the time. That's out there, and you have children, and every time, like, ah, oh, I help my child. Not you. Like, the next, another, something goes wrong with another child, and it's like a reminder to me, like, it's not you. It is not you. You can't, when you are, you know, if you're really 
uh, you know, when you're a parent, then you have some parents that have very easy kids, and the kids want to get married, they have shadukha, and they just can't get married, or they have hard times in marriage. Like, when you're a parent, by the way, it's a great training that it's really not you. Uh, business also, you know, in much business, there's a lot of ups and downs, and that's to remind us, it's a gift. I heard Yabe Yitzkriman, who's a fundraiser for Age for many years, he said, like, in his experience, go put an effort in one area, and get the fruits of the effort somewhere else. And the reason is, is God doesn't want to think it. It's a gift that God doesn't want you to believe it's you. It's such an easy thing to fool ourselves that look what I've done. Um, and it's much harder when you're successful. It's much harder when it goes in. Rock all of the but you should always, always, always put your faith only in a Kaddish Pasuk says, don't be wise in your own eyes. What do you mean wise? Again, if you have intelligence, listen, Ramesha Feinstein was a tremendous Balbitacha and a tremendous Anav and a tremendous humble person, but he adjudicated the most complex cases in the Jewish people from getting married after the Holocaust to all kinds of new realities in America, which no one had ever discussed before. Who was he to do that? No, Ramesha knew. Ramesha knew he was the biggest love of, of the Paisic of the world. He was the Paisic It's clear that he knew who he was, but he, he's, how is he so humble? My father told me, my father grew up in the Lower East Side. My father learned in the MTJ Yeshiva. He knew, he ate by Ramesha's house many times. Uh, he's the, my father was in Yeshiva from preschool through, uh, in, in his 20s. He stayed there in Parks University. Went to escape the Vietnam War a little bit also. You know, he stayed there for a long time and he grew up in the Lower East Side. Um, and through Matt, we're very distantly related to one of Ramesha's relatives. So that's how my father went to She's like, I said, my father, you said, you know, Ramesha, the bombs in the Lower East Side would be eaten by him. You never felt, he never felt, you never felt gaiva by him. And yet he could pass him in the most complex cases. And when you ever heard Ramesha, if you ever see, read his writings, this one clear, thing is clear by him. He felt that all of Hashem, that everything he has is only of Hashem, Let's him be right. Even when he reads his, his introduction to his response to Igris Moshe, he says, who am I to write such responsa? But he says, my obligation, and, and talks about it, and everything is siyat Shmaya. Everything comes from Hashem. Every, can you imagine the, the president, any, by the way, not just Trump, who, can, who, who talks everything is from him. I mean, he's just like, obviously, but you heard Obama, what a bald guy, but David Brooks, who hates Trump, <laughs> But he wrote about Obama. He never had a more arrogant person in his life. Anyways, it's it's an academic arrogance. It's a it's an elitist arrogance. You know, Trump is is a buffoonish, buffoonish arrogance. But you don't have to be you know uh, crude. You can be very arrogant and be very sharp, sharp dresser. Look GQ. Speak very poised. You know, and be super arrogant, super arrogant, and I, I know best. I, I got best. It's if you imagine any president. I in my life, maybe the closest in my lifetime. Uh, I think he was the best. The closest, George Bush, was, had some humility and someone speaking some god, godly terms. Can you imagine that? Like, you know, please God, like Yosef going to Paro, Bezit Hashem. Like I, I can't translate. You read, I learned finish Daniel. Daniel going in for Nebuchadnezzar. Everything comes from Hashem here. The Nebuchadnezzar went to worship Daniel as an idol, and from the beginning, Daniel's it's like everything's from Hashem. I mean, Daniel was brilliant beyond belief. Mensa plus 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 had nevuah, had prophecy, was was a true Renaissance man if you can use that language in the secular world. 
and the Talmud Chacham Muflag in the Torah world filled with great chain and all Hashem. All Hashem. And that's what it means. Don't think you're a Chacham in your eyes. You can make, anyone can make a mistake. We're, we're so dependent on everything we do with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. When things are going well, things are going dandy. Gavaldic. Great. Amazing. Betatzliach, ba'oyesher, you're financially successful. Mechasem, you have possessions. V'chomishlach yadecha, al-toymer b'alacha, don't let your heart say it, it's very easy. Person, when they have things going right, you have to daven harder, not less. <laughs> you have to daven harder, not for getting things you want, to keep them perhaps, but to not lose focus on Hashem. Uh, don't say in your heart, oh, look how smart I am, look how powerful I am. Look at the business that I have built. Look at my wisdom. I can write books. Uh, I have great advice, wisdom. No, you may not say that, though. You may not be crude. You may think that way. You can, but you can tell people who think that way. You can tell, you can tell the Bible, by the way. I, I didn't need David Brooks to tell me the most. Accurate. The way he talked, it was so... Mm, I know best. I mean, you talk Michael Oren, who wrote the book Ally, um, he describes interactions with Obama about dealing with Israel. The, the he he would get lecture he you know he would be lectured to and I'm saying he's not a person who talked that way he didn't talk that way Obama sometimes he did but he thought that way um, he thought that way he knew best he he understood the world the best um, it, it, I'm not telling I'm just two telling two presidents this is goes this is for us uh, non presidents much much more profoundly. Omak uh, Shavas. I mean, I picked on Obama because Trump is an obvious hit, uh, and Obama is less obvious because he doesn't talk in that way. It's not just. A, it's not a question of talking. Can I, I have met people who, uh, who honestly, I mentioned before, make terrible decisions because, and they don't give an aura of arrogance. But when they make their decisions, they're arrogant. And I say that, and, I, and, I, and it makes me be scared myself sometimes because I see. I see, like, in your rabbi, one of the perks is you live vicariously. You see consequences of these types of things. And um, there's no Be'ezus Hashem, Yitz Hashem. What does Hashem want? Is this right? I need Hashem's... No, it's like, I know best. Uh, I know best in my marriage. I know best in my business. I know best for my health. And, you know, it's not even... A, sometimes it's the quiet, unassuming person who thinks this way. But there's a danger of being relying on your on your wizard. All this successful, I know exactly how this will win. The winning formula, the winning formula. No, everything says Everything you know, I mentioned um, a couple weeks ago. He can't get through the threshold of your house. With God, you can split the sea. But that's the reality. There's nothing. Nothing. I mentioned Steve Jobs. The man, at sick at a young age. And I remember his famous speech from Stanford, which I love, by the way. It was a brilliant speech. I've listened to that speech several times. You know, he beat pancreatic cancer. It was pancreatic cancer. How he talks, how he beat it. You know, he beat it. And and, and it would be would come back a year later, uh, you know. It, the, the, there is everything we do, everything we do. We 
from the decisions we make, from to walk out of that house and not get hit by a car, God forbid. To, <coughs> you know, um, to, in the rule today, we're not going to get to COVID tonight, when you think about it, the uncertainty that Hashem created in the world. Everything comes up. For Hashem needs to fear God, distance yourself from evil. The only way you can truly fear God is when you have bitachon. When you realize that it's not up to you. It doesn't excuse us from not making the most intelligent, wise decisions and thinking through it. And really to, to analyze the, the big and small decisions we made and to order ourselves and to make sure our hishtadlis, our efforts are, are, are true and real and they're intelligent. But after we do that, the only way to be successful is to realize from Hashem. That's the only way we can truly fear Hashem. Why? When you realize that ultimate success is only from Hashem, and you can't look, well, I know so-and-so, I have this connection, or I have friends with this person, and you accept in yourself, everything, every single thing, every single acquisition, success, uh, comes from Hashem, and only from Hashem. Uh, then you'll put your kivo, your, your hope for Hashem. You'll constantly look to Hashem. You'll be reminded in all times, right, in all places uh, of Hashem. And the Elia Gil Hashem is here. From there, person comes to a true fear of God. The person thinks to himself, oh, I'm very wise. The server Hatzlachasai. You think it's up to me. Look what we did. IDF. Look what we did. Pigs, plaque, Harvard, Penn. Right? Look what we did. Look at my business. Look what we did. We're the best restaurants in New York. Do you know, like, they're the closing Abigail's. I got, I got engaged. When I got engaged, the night I got engaged, I took my... my, my, my my, my wife-to-be, to Abigail's. And the people talk about Abigail's. I have no, I'm not really Abigail's had any kaiva at all. I don't, I'm not saying they did. But it was the restaurant. Abigail's closed. This, this week they announced they're closing Abigail's permanently. The best restaurant in Manhattan. Right? With the best airline in the world. Advanced in all the things. The best in everything in this world. Um, well, I'm the smartest person in, in my class. Right? It's my intelligence, my drive. And I, I will just say, and unfortunately, I've, I saw in my youth, um, and even my adult, but I remember looking back more profoundly, um, people go to colleges or universities or places and they sold their neshamas. Because, and the reason they did is because they thought it was up to them. If I just go to Yale, like as a parent told me recently, I go to Yale... That's how I want to go. Like, put my kid go to Yale. Are you crazy? Do you know the shtust that a kid would be exposed to in Yale? But I want my kid to be successful. I want my kid to be financial. Because you believe it's up to them. <laughs> forget about Hashem. Pasha, forget about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can, you, for, you can forget about, you can forget about Hashem. It's not a person. So you can even make terrible decisions because you think it's up to you. I just need to make this job the, the, uh, decision. That hashkafa not only do you make bad decisions Jewishly, but it distances you from Hashem because you forget about Hashem. 
when you're successful, in the success. It, it weakens and cold, it makes cold a person's fear of Hashem. You don't feel dependent on Hashem. On the, on the contrary, a person feels that all of their reality, all of their hatzlocha, in a bari yisbarach from Kamsam Hashem, for who yisbarach, and only Hashem, gives all the chachma, and all the wisdom, and all the strength. Therefore, for sure, fear Hashem, I'm going to hold here, uh, he's going to connect it to what what the six-day war wasn't, and what the Yom Kippur war was. But as I'm honestly, as I read this, you know, I think about COVID. Think about how many how the world was before COVID. You know, we, technology can solve all problems, right? Well, you know, the global world will be will be the future, and where we are today. Um, you know, the, these lessons that we're t- talking about are so universal. We have a lot more to delve into. Our oh, Freelander said at the Yom Kippur War, which which is certainly. Very nogea, very pertinent, very relevant for all of us. We will, Mirza Hashem, uh, pick up next.